Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. You can email us with any advertising inquiries or basketball questions at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. Like us on Facebook at LockedOnBulls. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. I am a co-host of Locked On Bulls. This is also a Locked On Blazers episode with my, with my boy Eric Gunderson. That's right. Your boy right here, Eric Garcia Gunderson from Locked On Blazers. Same thing applies. If you want to advertise on the podcast, you can send us an email at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. You can slide in the DMs at LockedOnBlazers. And subscribe to the podcast. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. All the same channels. iTunes, Stitcher, all, all the whole shebang. And uh, keep subscribing. Keep listening because I... Oh, by the way, write for BlazersEdge.com and the Vancouver Columbian. And I've got... Uh, something coming out that you should be on the lookout for in the next few days uh, that I'm writing. So, yeah, with at that. At a different outlet. Different, at a different outlet. Uh, but with that said, we have some basketball to talk about because both of our teams played tonight. This is kind of a – we didn't get to do this the other night when the Blazers and Bulls played, but now we're here. Just for some background, for those of you who don't aren't familiar, I've, Eric and I have known each other for probably – eight years or so yeah we, we, went yeah. To, we went to college together at university of oregon we also have a podcast that we occasionally we used to we did a lot more last year we did it occasionally it's more a passion project i would say we don't make any money off of it it's called no. bulls versus blazers where we just kind of we, we we talk about the whole league but we also just kind of like at, at a certain point we started coming up with reality shows for different teams and that was kind of a thing so there'll be some of that on here we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about whatever honestly right we're, this is so like while the bulls and blazers have important things to touch on um, right now uh, both played tonight uh, the bulls won the blazers lost but there is also some fire storylines on the network there's also some fire storylines on the network on our on our variety of reality TV shows that we've created for all these NBA teams and uh there's a whole lot of stuff going around the league, and I think also it's just fun to talk about the other teams of the league because it, it hold, helps give us a better right, idea. Right, because like if you listen to Locked on Bulls, you know like my take on the Bulls. If you listen to Locked on Blazers, you know Eric's take on the Blazers. Like you kind of we like you know we could talk like the the Bulls beat the Jazz tonight. I can talk about okay, you know their offense is not is is just functions better without Rondo, and you know Jimmy Butler is awesome. Like breaking news, like we haven't talked yeah, about that D- a million and, times. And D Wade's still good, right? And so, I mean, so what's going on with the Blazers? Like, what, what, like, I don't understand why they're not better. Yo, 
uh, we were having this conversation before we were watching the game, and we were, we were talking about how funny it is that we're having this conversation now where it seems like the tracks of both teams are, like, going in opposite directions right now because the Blazers were projected to be a good playoff team, a team that had a chance to be a top-four seed, potentially win their division. And right now they're 7-6, and six, and even the record doesn't even really tell the whole story. They have... At, they're right on the border of having the worst defense in the league. They're they're wor- the worst team, second worst team in the league. The worst team in the league defensively are the Knicks, and the Blazers are right behind them in 29th. They have the worst team rebounding percentage of any team in the league, and it's kind of taking like they're kind of just wasting what has otherwise been like a pretty great start to the season for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Right, and I mean, a big part of it is Evan Turner, who was their big free agent signing. It just has not worked out at all. He doesn't fit with them. He needs the ball in his hands. You can't really put him on the floor with Dame and CJ, and it, it just seems like it's not going to work out for them. It's not. It, it's not working out right now, and none of, the, none of the time that Turner has been out there has done anything to prove that it will work. Like right. there hasn't been there haven't been any positive signs that like wow it could really work in this way and it it seemed that there were some times maybe in the preseason I thought where they kind of looked good gelling with each other but they still they just don't they are just not looking good right now Turner can't fit he pounds the ball on the ground last I checked and Blazer fans you know this this is why we're not going to spend the whole night on this they are getting outscored by an insane amount worst plus minus on the team. Uh, in terms of guys that have played a lot of minutes, I think it was 18 points per 100 possessions before this game. And he had a minus 18 tonight. So it didn't get better. And I feel like I've said that about every Blazers game for the last, like, week. Yeah. Last, last whole season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so the Bulls, uh, this win that they had over the Jazz, they're now 2-0 and on the circus trip after their win over Portland uh, the other night. Good good looking good. They look, they look, I mean, this was kind of an ugly game. I believe the Bulls uh, shot 2 for 23 in the final seven minutes of the second quarter. It was a pretty ugly quarter just in general. The Jazz, it was, pretty, it was a pretty low scoring game overall. The Jazz weren't really doing a lot. Of, I should point out the Jazz were missing two stars. They were missing George Hill. And uh, Derek Favors, the Bulls were without Rondo and Doug McDermott and which, Michael Carter-Williams, which, I mean... Rondo. Here's the thing with... I mean, I I want to, like, be, be reasonable about the Rondo thing and say, you know, okay, like, he still is a very smart player. He moves the ball. Like, all this stuff. But, like, the offense, I just cannot help but feel like the offense is just... Everything just runs better without him at there, both ends of the floor. Like, he, the defensive effort has not been there for him. The... I mean, it, the, Jaron Grant has looked really good running the offense the last couple of games. I think, too, Wade can function as that, like, very cerebral player. And so can Jimmy. And so can Jimmy. And so can Robin Lopez. Like, Robin Lopez. They have like, a lot of very smart players like, in And Taj, Taj Gibson. Like, you don't, like, I think they're, if, if your smart players are out there, but you have them out there just because they're smart. You know, at some point, like, you need to have... Like, Jaron Grant, like, he gives them a little injection of youth and quickness and energy that I think that they need and something that Rondo 
Rondo has never been synonymous with energy, even when no. he even when he was good. And so, like now that he's diminished from where he was, it's just not. It's not. A, it's just not the best look for them to be out there with him. And you know, we'll be interested to see. You know, they're going to be in LA this weekend. I'm actually flying out to LA tomorrow for those two games. Uh, whether he plays in those games, they, they we got the Clippers on Saturday, the Lakers on Sunday. Now, Eric, I'm going to be going to those games. And I am going to be covering the games with a credential. But if you're looking to go to those games, you know where you should go. SeatGeek. You should go to SeatGeek. The NBA season is back, and SeatGeek is by far the smartest and easiest way to find tickets to the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, whether you, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, club seats, upper level. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone personally, and it is by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, you can instantly find seats for the weekend, for any game you want to see, any concert you want to see. You always get the best deal on every ticket on SeatGeek because the price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find the best available price for you. And SeatGeek wants to make sure you get the best bang for your buck, which is why they give every single ticket on their site a score of 1 through 100 in terms of value. So you know whether you're getting a good deal, whether you're getting a bad deal, compared to other seats available in the section. And they want to uh, set price alerts for you so you can get the best deal uh, for your budget. SeatGeek will also 100% guarantee every single ticket that you buy. And best of all, if you listen to Locked on Bulls, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So what you gotta do is you gotta download the free SeatGeek app on your phone, go into settings, enter a promo code, enter the promo code LOBULLS, L-O-B-U-L-L-S, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOBULLS today. Or if you're a Lockdown Blazers listener, you can put in promo code LOBLAZERS. Absolutely. And, you know, if you want to advertise with us, uh, go to LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Send us an email. Or LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com if you're a local, or you know, Oregon business or Portland business or if you're a Chicago business, talk to Sean. So, you know. Let's get this money. Let's, let's get this. Let's let's keep it going. Let's keep the network going. We're, we're giving this premium content right here, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, the Bulls tonight, I, I'm really impressed with the way that they have been able to rebound the ball. I mean, they've been one of the best rebounding teams Absolutely. in the league. And Robin Lopez, our, our, our friend Corbin Smith, had an interesting tweet, which I, I tend to agree with, that uh, tying the two themes together here about the Bulls and the Blazers before we move on. Robin Lopez, wouldn't he – I mean, I think he could help the Blazers. I think he could help a lot of teams. But, yeah, the Blazers, I mean – I mean, they let him walk. He was in Portland for a couple of – I mean, I think they were going to let him walk anyway. Yeah. Once, once Once Aldridge was gone. Once, right. Once they lost LaMarcus, they lost Wes Matthews, they traded Batum. You kind of knew that, that that group was not really going to come back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's – Mason Plumlee's good, but, like, they need a rim protector. They don't have any rim protectors on the roster. That's what Robin Lopez is, and he's been just solid. He's been rock solid for the Bulls this whole season, offensively and defensively. He does his job on offense. You don't need to give him the ball, but if you give him the ball, he can make something happen around the basket. He can also knock down that 20-foot jump shot. He's gotten more consistent at that over the years, and he can protect the rim. He can rebound. He just puts guys in, in positions. He just He's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm just impressed. I mean, he's still – and he's such a good offensive rebounder. I mean, he's so talented. Him and Gibson both – 
are, are both really have a nose to the ball and Butler as well. But Lopez, like he, he could fit in so many contexts. Like that is the one thing that I, I really am impressed with Lopez is that with the Bulls, he fits in and he helps them. With the Knicks, he did that. Obviously, you know, with Porzingis there, it made sense for them to move him. But even then, I think he could have helped with Porzingis. I think he He'd can certainly give them more than what Joakim Noah is giving them this year. I think he can really fit into any context, and I think the you know the Bulls are really reaping the benefits of a player like that who can just come in and do a job and really make an impact and make up for you know any defensive deficiencies on that back line by controlling things. And the Blazers right now. You know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I don't think, like, are not, I don't think they're that bad of defenders. I just think right now the team, you know, you see it sometimes, they miscommunicate. Plumley sometimes gets a little too eager to come up, and Aminu being out has hurt. And I just think, you know, they do miss having a guy like Lopez that can protect the rim, and it doesn't sound like Festivalia is going to come back uh, anytime, anytime, soon, anytime soon. Maybe at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be very surprised if he plays you know before march if he plays if he, if he plays at all he might i mean there's there's potential i mean like he's getting a second opinion on a surgery he had in august that's not good it's i mean it's not ideal and the warriors we knew this i mean we've talked about this and we talked about it i think a little bit in the off season when we recapped you know after the durant stuff and after they decided to keep livingston and they let azili go and all, all those things and it it didn't smell good. You know, it didn't, it didn't, there was, it's something, something was a little funky about the fact that they just let Azili walk after I felt like when a lot of the conversations about the hypothetical of getting Kevin Durant happened with the Warriors, I thought the consensus was at least among like writers and people who talked about it was that they were going to keep Azili. Right. That's, that's what, that's what you would think because I mean, you knew younger, you knew knew Bogut had to go when they were going to get Durant. You knew Barnes had to go, but Azili, yeah, I mean, they had matching rights. They had a pretty low qualifying offer because he was a low draft pick in the first round. You know, they could have probably kept him if they wanted to, but just when you look at what every other big man got this summer in free agency, you know, you look at what Joakim Noah got with the Knicks, you look at what Jan Mahimi got with the Wizards, you look at what uh, Blazgov got with the Lakers, and Festus Azili got two years 16 with the second year being a team option. Like, every single team must have red flagged his knees in, in order for him to only get that much. Right. So that uh, is not a good sign. So, you know, a lot of the things that the Blazers did to maybe get better on the defensive end at the center position and make up for what they lost with Lopez a couple of years ago, they really haven't been able to do that. They tried to go with a bargain basement option. You know, they had interest reportedly in Hassan Whiteside, but Whiteside clearly wasn't interested. He's gonna in, he was going to stay in Miami all along. So, and that's that's something they couldn't control. So, um, Blazers kind of fighting it a little bit, and I think uh, this could be a tough year for them because I'm starting to think that like, you know, if they don't make a trade or something, and what are they going to trade? Well, what like, are they? Gonna, I mean, it's turn. I, I mean, I, and I don't know who's in demand for. I don't know if Turner's. I don't think Turner's really in demand. They can't trade him yet. I don't think. December 15th. December 15th. Okay, but I don't necessarily think that what he's doing right now. What are you going to get for Evan Turner? That's what with, I, that, yeah. with that contract, and he's been terrible. Like, who's going to go and say, yeah, you know what? We need we need $70 million of Evan Turner over the next four years. Well, we don't know what the CBA is going to look like. We don't know what the cap structure is going to be, you know, beyond the next couple of years. Well, that stuff should get uh, finalized in the next couple of weeks up based on everything that we've uh, heard, which, uh, I mean, 
that's a good, that's a kind of a good way to transition. Have you have you, so have you heard some of the stuff about the CBA that's come out recently? Kevin O'Connor had a pretty good piece on the Ringer where he broke some stuff. Uh, they're going to have less preseason. That's hey, uh, I'm for that. I'm all for that. I'm for that. Um, it seems like you know most players think that the preseason's too long, and I think especially in this day and age where guys don't most guys don't need don't need to get into shape. Guys are in shape 24, that's, uh, that's 365 what, days a year, absolutely. That, that's what I mean. So it's like, I feel like the need for a preseason, I think it is necessary to get the kinks out a little bit and play in an NBA game and in that setting. But guys are playing all year round. They're training all year round. They're lifting all year round. They're eating better than ever. They are getting more sleep, everything. So they don't need eight preseason games. And so, and that was a, a sentiment that came out a lot, uh, in the preseason as well. Um, you know, there's rumors that there could potentially, you know, every team may get a deal. The, the D-League salaries are one thing that's been reported. It's going to go up gonna, from, right, because right now D-League players make like $25,000. They're going to go up to somewhere in the fifty to seventy-five range, yeah. which is a little bit more palatable for some of these guys. Yeah, because then, then that way people don't, also like, then the choice of, the option of going to Europe is then not, perhaps not as, because that's more not as enticing. It's not like because fifty to seventy five is not really like up in the high end of what some of these players in Europe can get, but it's more in line with the average salary. So if you're like a fringe undrafted guy out of college, you can either right now what you can either do is you can go to the D League and make like twenty five thousand dollars a year, or you can go to with, Turkey or Greece or wherever and make seventy five to a hundred thousand dollars. You know what you're going to pick, right? So if, if the D-League salaries are a little bit more competitive, then you know, it will maybe help the NBA be able to use the D-League more as a true minor league and as a true farm system, which I think is good for the game overall. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely good for the health of the league because I think that will also encourage guys that are making, you know, that are playing in Europe to come here, fill out those minor leagues, and... Also, it will incentivize more of those players. It will give more of those players like a realistic shot to be in a feeder system and potentially be a call-up. Whereas, if they go to Europe, you know they play in the Euro League, they do well, they have success. But like, that's maybe not going to get them noticed by an NBA team unless you're like you know a Porzingis or somebody who's like a you know a, a prodigy of a, of a young yeah, prospect. Yeah, I mean, and there are guys that have done it, like Patrick Beverly, like Patrick Beverly, like played in Europe and stuff like that, and made it into the NBA after that. But and like, guys but that's like, there's only a few of those guys, right? Though. Exactly, and it and it's just much easier too because like then you could do it mid season. Like say a guy, you know, because a lot of times also like success in sports is very fleeting. Like say a guy is like hot for one year and he's just lighting the D League on fire, and like that's his one year that he's lighting the D League on fire, and then they call him up. You know what I'm saying? Like. If you just have a really hot year in Europe, you're not going to get called up to go to an NBA team. No. Do those, the Blazers don't have an affiliate, do they? Not anymore. But They used to. I mean, it, it seems like, though, the rumors are that every team is going to get one. in Within the next within, few years. The Hawks like, just announced one. Like a few they're, other they're teams. building out. Like, they're building out the league. Like, that's their goal is that every team is going to have an affiliate. And I'm sure Portland is not going to be left out so I'm yeah, the sure Bull, the Bulls have one for the first time this year they've sent RJ Hunter down there uh, to get some reps in, in a couple of games yeah I mean the, there hasn't yeah there they haven't announced a team yet but it seems like in the CBA it seems like every team you know potentially is going to get one also one of the things too is that they um, one of the cool things before we get into some more fun stuff because this is getting pretty granular into the 
D League CBA deals. Uh, but this doesn't pertain to NBA teams that they're going to be able to have an extra roster spot for guys yeah. to uh, cycle back and forth between the D League. So the 15 man roster is going to be more 17 or 18. Yeah. So that's that's cool. So more cast members on our reality TV shows. Oh, absolutely. Love and Hip Hop Sacramento has been going well. Yeah. Uh, more. Ty bi- Lawson is not working out there. I, I don't know who I'm should shocked. have ever seen that coming. I'm shocked that Ty Lawson is not working out. In uh, Demarcus so- Cousins might be on the way out. Jaeger, Jaeger, not happy. Just, just did not seem happy when he was in, when 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 they were here. I was at that game with the Kings. Brutal game for the Kings too. They well, came. he forces basically forces his way out of Memphis, to, which was a better situation with better players to go to Sacramento. Sacramento. I don't know what I don't know what he was thinking there, but that just well, didn't. Yeah, well, it seemed like that whole situation though with. It was its own type of the Grizzly situation. Obviously, there was a lot of weird stuff going on with their ownership, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the Kings management and ownership weird, too. Super weird, but it's always the grass is always greener, right? Like, right. You, like, like you always think that nothing could be worse than the situation that you're in at the moment, and like, I it seems like Jaeger is in for is is experiencing a very rude awakening because it's like your know, cousins is your know, cousins does his thing and. Jaeger's doing his best to put the team out there, but it's like, you know, your starting point guard's Ty Lawson in 2016. Like, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. And, like, as good as Cousins is, it's like there's always seems. And every- did, you see the, did you see the quote where Jaeger said that Ty Lawson is in a system that doesn't benefit him? No, but I didn't see that. But it, it Jaeger might, said that on the record. That's incredible. Also, that's great reality TV. Like make uh, like the coach it. admitting it, like the personnel. <laughs> so was that like a is that a shot at Ty Lawson or is that a shot at uh, at Vlade? Probably both. There's so much. There's so much, and and obviously we had the cousins tweets during the draft over the summer about when, when they drafted Papa Giannis and Scala BCA. Yeah, it's like they drafted a bunch of centers, and obviously, and and, and uh, Sean Devaney from Sporting News reported that you know the that the, the, you know other people are speculating around the league that this may be the year that they actually trade cousins, which I would like because I picked Sacramento to be the worst team in the West, so that would probably make my prediction come to fruition, but. It always seems like I love watching Cousins, but it always seems like no matter how good things are going, no matter how well he's playing, it everything always seems like it's on the edge of disaster. And like what I what that was the one thing that I felt like when I was watching that game against Portland last week. And that's what I that's what that's what makes a good reality TV show, but it doesn't make for a good basketball. It would team. definitely make Love and Hip Hop Sacramento worse if Boogie got traded. I think we would probably cancel. I we might, but I mean, as long as Vivek is the owner, that's true. Like, yeah, that's true. If Vivek, I mean, what if I mean, what yeah. if Anjali World's album drops and it like is actually successful? Then, yeah, then we can bring it back. Yeah, that, there you go. Well, a lot of our franchises have gone. So making the band Memphis is out. Memphis is out. Making the band Houston is out. Making the band New Orleans is out. Making the band New. Orleans Orleans basically only existed because Lance Stevenson went there, and now right. he's not on the team anymore. Hoarders Boston is actually a good one because they just hoarded everything, and now everything's going to crap. And they're it's value- all taking and they're, up and space. It's all just taking. This up- was going to be the year that everything was worth a lot, and you know Crow- Crowder and Bradley are out, and the Celtics are underperforming. It's not great. Uh, yeah, the hoarders, the hoarders in Boston are not having a good time. Breakout superstar of the league so far, Property Brothers Philadelphia, Joel Embiid. Love Joe Allen. Killing it. Yeah. Property Property Bros uh, having a good uh, run so far. How about the real Lakers of New York? Some stuff's happened with that. First of all, crossover on the network between the real Lakers of New York, which is for those of you that have not listened to our podcast, the real Lakers of New York, 
Is a spinoff of the real it's Lakers. Spinoff of the real Lakers of Los Angeles, a reality show. Because Phil created. Jackson is there, Sasha Vujicic is there, it's Kurt Rambis is still it's there. It's basically Lakers East, so that's why we we we, right. we went for that. Um, oh yeah, Hoarders Boston are the Boston Celtics, and Property Bros Philadelphia are the 76ers. For- I realize from the names, that's very hard to figure out. Right, and so like we 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 called them Hoarders Boston because they have all these Brooklyn picks, and no one wants them. And now they, or they, they also don't want to give them up for anybody. And they don't want to give Whenever them up they for have anybody. The opportunity but, to trade for like a Jimmy Butler or you know Demarcus Cousins or whoever. They're like, no, we can't give up these Brooklyn. Like, they just keep telling you about how valuable they are. But they also, you know, and absolutely. So, so then there's the Property Brothers Philadelphia, which you know, it's just what we call the Sixers. We're not going to explain it. And then uh, <laughs> it know, has something to do with that story about Nerlens Noel. Yeah, Nerlens Noel, the house that he was renting, and the way he kept it. Yeah. So. Anyway, but we have these great shows, and two. One of our shows is the Real Lakers of New York, and another one of our shows, one that we made up before one of their players actually started dating a Kardashian, but keeping up with the Cavs. I think we started that one like they fired uh, David they fired Blatt, Blatt. And brought in Ty Lue, and there was like all that drama. But yeah, there's uh, it's been a little bit interesting. Yeah, that's been um, well the the Phil Jackson posse comment and Mav Carter and... Maybe Phil didn't mean it that way, but like, come on. It was not good. It was not a good Whether look. he meant it or not, it was not good. It did not Phil's come off... Phil's whole thing is he's supposedly so smart and he's a genius. Like, he has to know like that his words are going to be taken he a certain is way. so... But yeah, that's his thing. Like, he loves like being like... El- the Zen like, master. Like, z- alluding to things and being, you know, trying to be cryptic and stuff. And like... Honestly, he knows that his words are going to be dissected, and the posse thing is something that he said. Like, obviously, it looked, it seemed like he was trying to cut a little bit. Not cool. It also seems a little bit too. People have kind of pulled some excerpts from his books when he's written about LeBron James before, and it seems like he does kind of probably because he never coached him. And this also, I think, too, I think it just ties into the fact that Phil Jackson's a Kobe guy, and there are Kobe guys, and there are LeBron guys. And I think Phil Jackson's a Kobe guy, right? I think there's something to that, and I'll also just say that if you're the uh, if you're the president of the Knicks, which is a team that historically has not been able to really get free agents, yeah, pissing off LeBron, considering Who? LeBron ha- now you know the clutch sports yes, has Eric say. Bledsoe, he has Ben Simmons, he has he has a bunch of guys, and he's going to keep getting the best players. More guys are going to you know, Ben Simmons was the number one pick in this year's draft, signed with Clutch. Because you've all seen how, you know, the J.R. Smith contract negotiations went, how the Tristan Thompson negotiations went, how the Eric Bledsoe negotiations went. All of these guys held out, held out, held out. Rich Paul got them their money. These young guys coming into the league are seeing that and saying, this guy's going to get me paid. So all these guys that maybe down the road the Knicks are going to want to sign are going to be clutch guys. And if if Maverick Carter and Rich Paul and LeBron are not down with Phil because of this posse thing, it's not good. It's not, not going to be good for the Knicks. No, it's not good business. And even Melo, has, who's obviously tight with LeBron, but he's also the star player of the Knicks, which is the team that Phil Jackson is the president of, came out and said maybe Phil shouldn't have said that. Not a good move, Phil. But it's not it, great, but unless unless he wants to, Phil's eventual plan is to get out of this contract, and he said he's not going to opt out, but if he opts out and goes back to his original home, the real Lakers of Los Angeles... Yeah, maybe that's where things go. But the the Lakers are looking pretty good, by the way. The Lakers. Shout out to Luke Walton. Luke Walton is a really good coach. Yeah, Luke Walton. Or maybe just Byron Scott was so bad that anything is going to be good. But but at the same time, like you read all this, I read all the stories about how you know all these players really like feel like Luke Walton has their back and they want to play hard for him. Nick Young looked like an NBA player again. Swaggy's back. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like Swaggy's engaged. 
Swaggy's playing so, so, defense. Swaggy, Swaggy's engaged in the game. He's not engaged in the marital sense. He's not engaged to Iggy Azalea. Right, anymore, not anymore. Which might... You know yeah. what? Okay, look. He's disengaged, and now he's engaged. Well, look at the... Okay, so here's so here's the thing. I am so not about the, like... Storyline of, Storyline like, of, like, oh, well, somebody is dating, like, a famous, yeah. beautiful woman, so he must, like, like... That whenever, must be great. Well, look, look, look at Chris Humphreys. Like, he's dating Kim Kardashian. Like, that's a... Or, like, that Aaron Rodgers and Olivia. Like, that stuff is so dumb. But, like, Iggy Azalea is so whack that, like, as a, as a rapper, as a personality, everything... That not being engaged to her anymore makes Nick Young less whack by association. So I feel like that might be why he's having this career renaissance now. Yeah, and I also think, too, is he in the contract here? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he can opt out. Uh, okay, he so can opt out. He can opt out. Right there. Right there it <laughs> he's is. Gonna there and it he's is. making like $5 million, so if he has a good year... He might he might get another contract, which I don't know who's okonna okay. give Swaggy like fifteen. I mean, I, I I want to just so I can be like be best friends with him, but like right right right. right. So, so Swaggy in a contract here, but I do think that Phil like that Luke Walton, excuse me. Also, it's just it's got to be nice for these guys to not be on the same court as Kobe anymore. Like <laughs> it's such it was that was I mean the whole last year they just spent the whole last year just catering to the Kobe farewell tour and it was just a drain like it's like okay you've got this number two pick D'Angelo Russell who you drafted to be Kobe's successor as like your high scoring high usage guard you've got you know Larry Nance and Julius Randle other young promising guys and you're still just letting Kobe take a million shots every game because it's his farewell tour and because of what he did for you in the past and obviously five championships you, you, you don't have to talk about what Kobe did in the past like it speaks for itself but the year they had last year was detrimental to the Lakers long term. Like, it's great. You sold a bunch of tickets because you got the Kobe farewell tour money. But, like, it's it's was bad for them long term. And now that he's gone and they have a coach that's a little bit more friendly to these young players and not as much of an old school guy as Byron Scott is, like, they, you know, these guys are actually blossoming. You're seeing D'Angelo Russell playing well. You're seeing Julius Randle, who was kind of forgotten yeah. about because you – you hear about maybe it was just because he missed his whole rookie season with the broken leg, but like you hear about like okay, you know Brandon Ingram is this year's number one pick. We know he's going to be good. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, no, he's going to. I said number one pick. I meant two. number two. Number yeah. two pick. You know he's going to be good. Uh, Larry Nance was kind of a surprise late in the first round last Love year. Jordan Clarkson is a second round pick from a couple years ago. Good player. And I feel like Julius Randle is kind of forgot the forgotten guy in that whole group, and he's been terrific lately. Mm-hmm. No, and Lou Will has been good. Like Lou Will off the bench for them. Like they they've just found some good stuff. I mean, they're they're hanging around there. I mean, you know they, who has not been their advan- well. their advanced stance have been. I mean, around. they might have the best bench in the league. Yo, they've been looking better than the Blazers lately. Yeah, have been looking the, the, better. The, I mean, like I didn't think I would say that this That's, year, but the, the Lakers have really on, honestly been looking better than the Blazers. They just have. And, and who has not looked good is Luol Deng. Dude, pour one out. Dude, poor one out for Luol Deng. Also, poor one out for uh, the attempt by the real Lakers of Los Angeles to stay in the Chinese market by Yi Jianlan. Yi Jianlan, yeah, didn't work out. Yeah, did not work out. Okay, which we okay. Listen, my man Councilman Jam is still there though. Shout out to Councilman Jam, Marcelo Huertas, uh, who cut his hair though. No longer now he's no longer no longer looks like Councilman Jam from Parks and Rec. He'll always be Councilman Jam in our hearts. That's right. Um, But yeah, so Marcelo Huertas is there, but. Okay, but yeah, but Yi, you know, which was one of our reality storylines, right? That we loved. You know, they're trying to replace the, the the Kobe factor about being marketable in China. I mean, was there was that any was that a real basketball move? Because like Yi isn't even like in his 
prime anymore. Like no. he, he's like if if you were going to sign Yi and give Yi a chance, you should have done it like three years ago. And then they gave him this goofy contract where it was like a minimum contract, but it could have escalated to eleven million in incentives. They did some weird circumventing of the salary cap with it. And then in the preseason, he just wasn't playing, and he was like, "Oh, you, could you release me so I can go back to China?" And they were just like, "Okay." Yeah, can you release me to go back to China so I can actually touch the ball and be a part of the and actually play ever? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that was funny. But um, and Meta still, still on the team, uh, still hanging and, around, and playing, still getting them checks, still getting them checks, and like I, I, I love how's it? I love his like late career renaissance. Like he went to like Italy for a minute, and then like China, I think he went to for a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, China went back, and then last year he came back as a part of like the Kobe Ware farewell farewell tour, and then now he's actually earned a spot on this team. It's crazy. Great reality TV. The Real Lakers of Los Angeles, thank you. Flagship show of the network. Flagship show of the network. Our favorite show. Uh, love the Real Lakers of Los Angeles. And they're actually a basketball team and not just a TV show. This, this is where this came from. This is where the whole network concept this came from. This is the from. whole concept was by see, the Lakers. See, the, the Kobe Bo- show. The Bulls vs. Blazers podcast that we did last year, early in the year, it was just kind of a normal NBA podcast. And it was fine. Like, we did a good job. But then with we it, were but like, it was fine. There's and then a lot we were just like, one day, we, one day we were just like, doing an episode and we were just talking about how the Lakers were you know basically a reality show and we called them the real Lakers of Los Angeles that became kind of a running bit and then when the Knicks fired Derek Fisher and brought in Kurt Rambis and then some weird stuff was going on with them and you found out kind of why Derek Fisher got uh, fired (laughs) there was some stuff going on with that and we were just like okay so now there's another reality show the real Lakers of New York yeah because it was equally as much of a circus and there were a lot of Lakers connections with lots of Lakers connections and Phil Jackson Jackson Sasha Vujicic still getting them checks still getting them checks by the way shout out to Sasha Um, oh but I think this would be a perfect time to segue into the newest show the guy, on the we, network. We just came up with this over beers like while we were watching yeah, the Bulls and uh, Blazers game tonight. Yeah, Real World DC, the Wizards. It's not looking good for it the is, Wizards. It has gotten real bad real fast. It's like, you know, it, it is... Nightmare it, scenario. Nightmare scenario. The roommates hate each other. They're fighting. They brought in someone else to try and smooth things over. Scott, Scott Brooks, Brooks is trying to be the caretaker and it's not happening. Awful. I don't think that exists in the real world, but we're just going with it. And anyway... It's awful. Also, shout out to Scott Brooks. Keep getting them checks. Forever on the keep getting them checks team. (laughs) Because he parlayed coaching Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant into a five-year, $35 million contract. Swag. That he was going to get paid for. And that team is already falling apart. Like, the Beal-Wall thing, they hate each other. Wall is, like, clearly jealous of the fact that Beal makes more money than him. And it's so funny because, like, the trope is that those, you know, those that that thing doesn't happen in the NBA anymore. Like, guys don't get jealous about how much money people are making. And it's like, oh, it happens still. (laughs) Absolutely It definitely happens. happens. And it happens on the real world DC. No, absolutely, and it was definitely... I mean, it's not just that, but it was a point of contention in Miami last year. You know, the fact that Dwayne Wade has never been the highest-paid player on his team. Yes. He just wasn't... He was jealous of other players. He was more mad. That he's always sacrificed. sign of disrespect yeah. uh, from the front office. And by the way, just on that note, I went back to Miami... I went to Miami last week for the uh, Dwayne Wade return game, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. He's still very much loved there. Pat Riley sent him an email. He had the email in his draft forever. He hit send. Wade said he got it, but he hadn't read it, and then he said he wasn't going to talk about it. So that's still a thing. It seems like there's. I mean, it's like a deep like like that. That, that is something like Wade is like he is the Heat, and like I'm sure eventually Wade will like retire into some 
you know, cushy retirement ambassador position with the Heat. And he, I remember, I mean, I listen, I'm a listener of Levitard a lot. And, you know, when he retired, or not when he retired, excuse me, when he went to Chicago, they had like a big sale at like the Miami Heat store where like they, and like everyone like came to buy all the Wade gear. Right. And like Mickey Arison wrote an open letter on the team's website and said, someday we're going to retire Dwayne Wade's number. And like they had, he took out like a billboard and there was, it's a lot, it was a lot more of an, Universally, like he's loved here and he loves them still. Uh, then let's say the Bulls when Derrick Rose came back to right. Chicago, which right. was also interesting. Which right. I mean, we've talked, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but that was just that was a nightmare. Yeah, there yeah. was just there's just so much baggage attached with Derrick that it was just. Yeah, so I mean that should about wrap this up. Yeah, I think it was a good episode. We we covered some fun. We covered uh, some stuff, some NBA topics, some. Network. And because of the locked on podcast connection, we actually talked about the Bulls and the Blazers this we time. We did, we did, because we actually had some Bulls Blazers stuff to talk about, and we do Bulls Blazers stuff every week, all the time, all the all the way through the week. Make sure you check out plenty of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, whatever team you're a fan of. Uh, check NBA, out NBA or NFL. Locked On NBA, also posted by David Locke. Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Locked On Fantasy Football. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hyken. Follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. That's Eric with a K and Gunderson with an E-N, not an O-N. Absolutely, we got it. You got to make sure that's uh, yeah. That's it's, out it's there. tough and a common mistake. Absolutely. So, uh, and then you know you can email us. Uh, you can email my show lockedonbulls at gmail dot com. If you want to advertise with us, yeah, lockedonblazers at gmail dot com. If you want to advertise with us or follow Locked On Blazers on Twitter at Locked On Blazers, and make sure you subscribe to both of our shows, Lock uh, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Blazers, uh, iTunes. Make sure you leave us lots of five star reviews. Tell Stitcher, your tell your friends, tell your friends. Stitcher, tune in, Audio Boom, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts, and. We will be back with you uh, at some point. Uh, I'm going to go to L.A. this weekend for the Clippers-Lakers games. I will. We will have new Locked on Bulls from that. I don't know what your plans are. No, there. we'll definitely be back uh, over the weekend. Blazers are on the road. Uh, they lost to Houston tonight, but they're uh, moving along. Uh, they got the New York teams coming up as well as New Orleans, and then they finish the trip in Cleveland. So we'll be following them along as they try and uh, get it together. All right, and so that will do it for tonight. So take it easy, guys. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for $8 with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are 10 for $10 with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is $0.20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.